0: Welcome to the Press Office with Caden Co PR, the podcast that gives you an exclusive and unfiltered look behind the scenes of the Australian media landscape and public relations industry. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, a publicist here at Caden Co PR. And if you are dreaming of a career in public relations, are an aspiring journalist, or simply just obsessed with all things digital and traditional media, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the second ever episode of The Press Office with Caden Co. PR. Today, I am chatting to Jackie Epstein, who is a reporter and the editor of Herald Sun's Confidential. If you are a lifestyle or entertainment PR based in Melbourne, your path certainly would have crossed with Jackie, as she really is our residential queen of events and celebrity news. Today, Jackie and I chat all about the current state of events here in Melbourne, her favorite celebrity moments and she shares some tips on how you too can get your announcements and events featured in the confidential pages. If you love this episode as much as we did producing it, we would love for you to share on your socials and tag at Kate Co. PR. Now, let's get on to the interview. <laughs> Hello, Jackie, and welcome to the press office with Caden Co. PR. I am really thrilled to be chatting with you today. So thank you so much for coming on. And before we get right on into it, do you mind introducing yourself, what
1: you do and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me, firstly. So I work for the Herald Sun and I cover confidential. So I cover entertainment, gossip, news, that sort of stuff. I started at the a paper in 2001, actually. So a bit of a veteran. When I started, I was in sport and I worked there for 10 years and I've now been doing confidential for 10 years. So it's been a big change, but I was doing a confidential column in sport for a little bit there at the end. So it wasn't a complete change of direction, but I guess going from sport to this sort of stuff is different, but it's been really great, really, busy, really intense, but I have really enjoyed the change.
0: That's so interesting. I never knew that you actually started in sport and now you really have cemented yourself as the queen of confidential pages here in Melbourne. Did you always want to work eventually in celebrity and entertainment journalism or what drew you to this role?
1: Thanks for the compliment. Uh, yeah, obviously I did love sport and I still have a passion for it. So you probably notice a lot of things that I cover. Covering confidential, a sport related, but it's funny, the busiest times of year for me are sport related, horse racing, Grand Prix, footy, Grand Final Week, the tennis, of course. So yeah, it's funny how the two worlds have collided. I always had an interest yeah, in celebrity and uh, that sort of thing, but it obviously wasn't until I started working in it that I developed yeah, more of an interest, but it's been good to broaden the skills and what I used to do in sport was cover footy and go to matches and do that sort of thing. So it's, yeah, a real change. And obviously lately haven't been as busy uh, as I normally am at this time of year, which is a shame. Normally I'll be, yeah, going from event to event around this time of year. So definitely missing it. But yeah, always had a bit of an interest in it. As you
0: mentioned and you alluded to, so much has really changed over the past 18 months or so. How have you found that this has changed the confidential pages in the Herald Sun and how have they had to evolve during the pandemic?
1: Yeah, well, we've actually had to change in the sense that we don't have events to attend. So therefore we're not using any applied pictures and it's getting a bit harder to organise photos. So in that sense, it's changed, but we've been lucky to still be able, you know, to have our page and to have quite a bit of content around. Obviously, TV is still going on. There's a lot happening there and there's just quite a lot going around. Like even through Instagram, you pick up a lot of things and just people are more available. So it's, it's been good in the sense that you can do a lot more chatting, to people obviously over the phone or you know by zoom or whatever uh, rather than in person so we've just had to evolve in the sense that we haven't had that in person kind of interaction like in, um, the events that we normally have on so it's just been a lot more time spent on the phone and you know, picking up on things and also it's been good, like a lot of PRs have come forward with ideas and that sort of stuff. So it's actually uh, been still really busy, which is good. I personally
0: am under the impression that these lighter celebrity entertainment pieces are still really, really important, more so than ever. In this day and age, there's so much darkness when you open the newspaper and it's a little bit frightening. Are you in agreement with that line of thinking?
1: Yeah, of course you always need a bit of light and shade and you know and a feel-good sort of story. Like I said lucky to be across quite a number of different fields I guess so there's been quite a lot of good stories to be able to share and there's always room for like an animal sort of photo someone pictured with with their pet or something like that or I've done a couple of things recently with the VRC regarding fashions on your front lawn so it's been good to do that sort of stuff with people dressed up at home and a few fashion shoots, talking about spring and that sort of thing. So there's always room for, yeah, the feel-good stories. But I guess given the times that we're in, probably resonates a lot more when you have a nice feel-good story. And also just people who are, you know, doing good things and achieving good things at the moment. It's actually really nice to celebrate those because you do have a lot of negativity. It is nice when there's something positive that we can bring to the readers for sure. And once life finally opens
0: up in Melbourne, which hopefully isn't too far away, do you have any predictions for the confidential pages? Do you think it will come back to life all over again and Melbourne will be seeing all these amazing events and it will be all over the newspaper?
1: Yeah. I hope so, for sure. You know, Moulin Rouge was supposed to open on September 4th, so that was one that was going to be really exciting and amazing for the city. And I noticed even between lockdowns there were still quite a lot of things on, like it didn't take too long for the event scene to sort of ramp up again, which which was really good to see. Obviously it's been a tough time for people. There's a lot of struggles. It's hard to plan because people haven't known when they can have an Event on how many people they can invite, but definitely in between uh, lockdowns, we've got a lot busier. Like I remember, March this year was super busy. That's normally a really hectic time because we've got the fashion festival and we've got the Grand Prix. So we didn't have the Grand Prix, but we had the fashion festival still. So I was there attending each day, and I recall thinking, you know, oh, it hasn't taken long for us to get back to being busy again. So yeah, I really hope that once things start to ease, or open up that our thriving event scene, we'll get back to what it was for sure.
0: You are so right. It really did not take long for Melbourne to come back to life. Like even socially, it was just everyone wanted to be out and was so excited to be socializing again. So yeah, I can imagine that will happen pretty quickly the next time we're out. In a similar theme, I imagine that you must be invited to thousands of events each year. Are there any events in particular that really stand out to you and you flag them as the ones that you must attend and you must cover?
1: Yeah, definitely. I love a lot of events. I am happy to go to whatever's on and especially now that we haven't had a lot of them on, we'll be rushing out the door, I think, to get to them. I love going to the races of course, that week over Melbourne Cup Carnival at Flemington is one of the best of the year. Also the races at Caulfield, at uh, Moonee Valley, I love going to them. Definitely the Brownlow, the Grand Prix, they've started a Glamour on the Grid party, the Tennis Party, Australian Open, they do an amazing party, generally uh, the Sunday night before at Crown and that's always been an incredible event. And also one that I've really enjoyed over the last couple of years is the NGB Gala. So we're hopeful that that might still take place this year depending on restrictions, but who knows? So it would just be amazing if it could happen again and that has really become like an A-list sort of event and, and a must-attend. So we have all got their own unique, you know, atmosphere and what they bring is different, but all of them are amazing events to attend and to cover and, you know, normally like to just go to an event and enjoy it and people watch and all that sort of stuff. But I've got used to going along and knowing that I've got to work and I've got to cover it. And I actually really enjoy going to an event and getting there first and just watching everyone arrive. And it just gives me also like a good uh, overview of you know who's around who's there especially if I'm waiting on certain people to come then yeah I just love sort of being early and being there when everyone gets there and um, yeah it's it's really exciting and it makes you realize when you have big events like a red carpet or an opening or whatever that Melbourne really does have a great event scene and a social scene it makes me so happy hearing you
0: speak about events because I love working them and it's just Something that I'm so excited to be able to do, hopefully in the really near future. In terms of, I guess, public relations in the events world, do you have any tips in particular for PRs on how to get their event featured in Confidential? Well,
1: that's an interesting question because um, sometimes people can put on an event and extend invitations because we've done this because we had a confidential party. We've had a couple of them actually. So I know what it's like to have to organize and when you invite people and you stress about whether they'll turn up or not. But yeah, if, if I get an email or a call and someone says they're doing an event and then they tell me their guest list or who they have confirmed, then that obviously always helps. So if I know, who will attend or who's been invited to go then that always like will prick my interest if it's someone that's been talked about or has a high profile It's always hard to know exactly if someone is definitely attending, but I think most PRs are really good in that they won't come to us unless they know for sure that they've got these people locked in. I would just say if it's for something newsworthy or, you know, something interesting, like even at the moment, for instance, you know, some Olympians were attending or it sort of also depends what's happening at the time but obviously events are great if you've got bigger names and the more that you have the better I'm happy to always hear about events that are on I'm happy for you know PRs to contact me or just people who are organizing events and then I can yeah just work out whether a we can cover it or b whether we could attend or or see if I said if it's newsworthy or we could get something out of it I gauge from your answer that talent is
0: really important and those guests one thing that I really love to ask entertainment journalists is whether there is any talent that they just adore working with and they will support anything that they do or in a similar vein if they are keen to chat to a certain talent that might not have been in the limelight for a while is there anyone that comes to mind when I say these things
1: Generally, we've got pretty good relationships with people, so we just cover things on merit, really. Like I don't always just think, oh, that person is there, so I have to cover it or I have to do something. It's got to be something that is newsworthy or that we can cover. But we do have a lot of, I guess you'd call them, in inverted commas, favourites. They're sort of the people that, you know, we'd see out and about quite a lot and people who always look good and, you know, who always have something to talk about. I'm just trying to think because it's obviously been a while since I've been out and about. But just off the top, if I'm at an event and, like, say, Bonnie Anderson comes, you know, she's always great. Megan Gale, we always love seeing, like, people from Neighbours out and about, people from TV, of course. There's so many people... I can't give you, like, a definitive list of names, you know, that that we would cover. There's, like, so many different reasons that you'd cover people and and it's just, yeah, it's always great to have a a variety of people at events and the more events you go to, the more of the same people you might see out and about. Like, Jard, obviously, a few years ago I remember she was at the NGB Gala and she just looked incredible in a jaton gown. So, yeah, that was, like... The no-brainer that picture because she looked beautiful. You know, obviously footballers, they're ever out with their partners. We do, I guess, have a favourite that you'd always see out and about, but always looking for new people and new names and faces. Do you think that Confidential is more
0: open to working with influencers these days? I think a few years back it was very celebrity influencer, but these lines are becoming more and more blurred.
1: Yeah, definitely. And a lot of influencers are doing really cool things. A lot I see doing charity things, also getting opportunities outside of, I guess, just what Instagram so yeah definitely there's there's definitely no sort of like a ban or anything on influencers and it's all sort of merging isn't it in the sense that you know PRs and brands are looking to influencers to get more reach and it's not just in the traditional sense of a celebrity like it's also factoring in that influencers will attend events and will be asked to be ambassadors or to push out a message or whatever so yeah we, we get pitched a lot of influencers and I think that a lot of them are realizing yeah that it's it's good to have other strings to their bow you know and not I mean I'm sure you come across it too with people you work with that they've got the story to tell or they're doing other things other than just when I guess we all started and the term influencer came about like it just sort of meant maybe that, that you'd post on Instagram or something right but a lot of people have um, a lot more uh, to them now using you know their profile for for different things which definitely helps in terms of covering them. Yeah definitely it's more so
0: they've turned into these content creators so the content that they're sharing is a lot more richer and engaging so then that story can be told through the media also. Yeah exactly. I could not have an interview with you without asking what has been your favourite celebrity interview? view today.
1: Good question. And you won't be surprised that a few of them are sport related. Roger Federer, always my favourite. Haven't actually got to talk to him for a couple of years now, which is sad, but there was a period where I was talking to him every year around the Oz Open time and he kept saying to me, nice to see you again. And I was like, oh my God, you really are a lovely person. And Tiger Woods was amazing. I got to spend a day with him basically when he came for the President's Cup and uh, we sort of, you know, were doing a bit of promo, I guess, for it and he came a bit earlier and, yeah, we got to go in the car and go around to a few sites um, in in Melbourne like Eureka Tower and we went to Lonsdale Street and then Brighton Beach Boxes and, and then um, out to the course. So that was, yeah, one of the best experiences I've ever had. As I've explained, I love sport as well, so to get time... Like that with Tiger Woods is incredible and I can't not say Sarah Jessica Parker because I'm a massive Sex and the City fan so it was yeah awesome to be able to to see her she's come out here twice well since I've been doing confidential uh for the races and business chicks right so I got to see her after that breakfast rare to you know be able to see these people sometimes like you know when you're at the races and we've had some incredible people come out for the races and I've got to talk to some fantastic names and just people that now you sort of think like I look back and think wow I can't believe they were even out here and to get to meet them was just incredible so hopefully there's more to come. That
0: is actually insane some of the people you have met I am so jealous.
1: (laughs) Well it's all part of the job isn't it? Like if there is a big name in Melbourne, it's like I'm always thinking, you know, I want to talk to them or I want to, you know, meet them or see what they're up to. Like even Zac Efron, I heard that he was filming a little bit at Fed Square and yeah, and I was just like, you know, oh my God, like Zach's in town. So we've got to find him, you know? So it's just always like in my mind that if, yeah, so it's if there's a big name that we hear is in town or is around, like I sort of, it's just like, I guess my my instinct is always to just want to know, you know, what they're doing and and what they're up to. And I just feel like that's what our readers obviously would be interested in as well.
0: Can I just clarify, did you chat to Zac Efron because 16-year-old Marissa
1: will be very jealous? (laughs) Well, I didn't this time, but I actually did talk to him when he was here for the film. It must have been like 2012, I reckon it was. What was the film he was in? If you're such a fan, you'll probably know it. Uh, It was like a romantic film, something about like, you know, the stars in their eyes or I don't know. Oh, The Lucky One. Oh, The Lucky One. That's it. I was thinking of the promo and how it was a bit Yeah, it was a bit like that, like stars in their eyes. Uh, Yes, the lucky one, that's it. He was here doing promo for that at Crown. So I remember chatting to him on the red carpet and, yeah, that was super exciting. I actually wasn't sure if I even had a phone on me that night because I can remember it like it was yesterday, but I don't recall getting a picture or anyone taking pictures of, of it at the time. So that's a shame. But, yeah, I do remember that and I remember thinking that he wasn't that tall I had heels on but he was only like a head taller than me as you're talking about this I'm so glad
0: people can't see you in a podcast because I've gone like bright red I'm like oh Zac Efron
1: yes I've had a few of those moments and yeah it was probably like I say around Roger or around Tiger and also oh Brody Jenner I've met him twice And it's funny because it's just, I don't know, like the reputation and, you know, like what they're obviously famous for. So, yeah, it it definitely makes you nervous. And also meeting um, Grant's show when he was at the races from Melrose Place. Remember he was Jake on Melrose Place and I got super nervous because I loved that show. And also Adrian Grenier was great too because I was a big uh, Entourage fan as well. So meeting him at the races, he came one year full of arts, and that was really cool. I love all the celebrity stories.
0: I can imagine you always have the best story at a party. You could have some really interesting ones to share, but thank you so much for your insight into the world of celebrity and entertainment. I am so fascinated by it, but now I would just like to ask you a few quick questions around how you best work with PRs and your relationship with them. So firstly, do you have a preferred way to work with publicists?
1: Good questions. I don't mind either phone call, text, email. I don't really mind. I just find sometimes with email, I can be a little bit slow, not deliberately, only because it's just that time of uh, sitting there and replying. Whereas if you're on the go a lot, like it's sometimes just easier to speak on the phone or text because I could be having a coffee with someone or in a meeting, but I can text. So yeah, but I don't mind. I generally spend a bit of time, like an hour or two at night uh, going through emails. So yeah, a lot of people tend to find me in their inboxes like first thing in the morning because I get back to things sometimes a bit late when I'm at the end of the day and I've got a bit more time after filing. Fair enough. And do do you have any PR pet hates? I do. I probably don't need to like tell you all of them. <laughs> no, tell me so I never do it to you, please. <laughs> oh, no, there's not that many. No, generally people are pretty good. I think the biggest one for me is when PRs refer to the client because they're not my client, like they're your client, and it just makes it really transactional. Like, I don't know, it just sort of doesn't really feel very authentic when it's always referred to as the client or the client comes into it. That's one that, yeah, I really don't like is when I'm, I'm told that the client is this or like he's unhappy or happy or it's a bit like, well, uh, what the client wants. I don't know. I just, it's not my client. So I don't, I don't need the reference. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. You don't need to be privy to those conversations. Yeah, exactly. And I guess in terms of a young PR who's just starting their career, do you have any advice for them on how to build a relationship with a journalist such as yourself?
1: I just think it's being clear and don't generally have a lot of time. So if you're going to send an email, don't make it super long. Just sort of get to the point of what you have or what you're offering. Obviously, like it helps to know if it's just coming to me because that's also another thing I wonder sometimes is like, oh, has this person gone out to other media? Yeah, it always helps to know that sort of situation. Where it's possible, just be like, you know, concise and short and sharp and just, you know, and if you know as a PR, like what you're offering is great content or will be something that I'd get excited about, then, then it's like you can feel confident in how you're putting it forward and writing anyway. So that will come across to me when I read it. Definitely. And
0: I would love your take on this. How do you think the media landscape has evolved since, you know, you've started writing at the Herald Sun and where do you see it going in the future? do you think that we'll see publications such as the Herald Sun tapping into social media more or where do you see it going?
1: Yeah for sure I mean we already do um use a lot more social media like a lot of our stories are posted on our socials and we started last year because we couldn't go to the races we started like a a confidential video like online series where we chatted to people just to sort of still bring that celebrity I guess feel to people at home because that's normally what we do at the races we try and bring all the the gossip and the fashions and the celebrity and because we couldn't do that in person that was a unique way to bring it to people so yeah we're using that sort of technology a lot more it's definitely changed obviously when I started there was no Instagram or social media or you know TikTok or any of those things so yeah it's changed in the sense that you've just got to be across a lot more because people are sharing a lot more things via social media and sort of, I guess, owning their own news, if that makes sense. Like it used to be a thing back in the day when footballers had babies, like I'd try and get the first pictures then with their baby. But now when they have a baby, they just put the pictures on Instagram. So the people are becoming like their own news makers and sharing their own content. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we've just got to be across that a lot more. I still think that there's definitely a place for like a proper chat and a proper, you know, feature, I guess. I've been writing a lot of those over the past few years and I do enjoy that where it's just that traditional sense of meeting with someone or having a long chat with someone and really delving into what they're doing and what they can offer in the person. I still think yeah that there's definitely a place for that sort of traditional media still but like I say it's just now it's evolved in the sense of that social media side of it where people are becoming like I guess as I said their own news makers and their own news breakers by yeah sort of putting out there when they've got their news to share so yeah I'm interested to hear what you think about that as well Yeah, it definitely has changed. You
0: know, like I love reading the newspaper. I love the actual physical copy, especially on the weekend, just feeling the paper. I read the digital edition every day. But then I think it's really nice to have, I guess, social media interactions with the news updates. There's so many different Instagram pages now that just have like the little snippets of like what you need from especially like the Dan press conferences. Like I I don't have the time to sit through and watch all of them. So I find that's really helpful. So I think there will always be this sort of mix. But yeah, it's definitely you can feel that starting to change now. Like a, a year ago, I wouldn't have been looking at Instagram for news
1: at all oh totally and even this platform that we're on you know doing a podcast like yeah I've I listen to podcasts a lot now because you know people are sharing a lot on on those and so yeah it is it's not just social media it's obviously this stuff as well but like I said it is yeah about people putting out news in all different forms
0: yeah you really have to be across like every platform now and tailoring it to that specific audience and what they want from that platform yeah totally yeah and to end this conversation I have a series of five quick fire questions for you are you ready yes I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay,
1: first, email or phone call? Oh, that's tough. I'll say either. Coffee or wine catch up? Coffee catch up is good, but I don't drink coffee, but I can have a hot chocolate, a Diet Coke, or an OJ. Oh, good answer.
0: Digital or traditional media?
1: I think traditional. Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok? Definitely Instagram. I don't even have a TikTok account and uh, I don't really use Facebook that much, but definitely Instagram. I'm finding I'm on the gram quite a lot during the days, just refreshing and stalking and checking out what people are up to.
0: Me too. And lastly, press release, personalized pitch, or both.
1: So I like a personalized pitch. Like if there's yeah something happening, it's always great to hear from someone directly, and always great to know that you know they'd like you to cover it. So yeah. I always like a bit of a personal touch, but you know, I understand press releases can be put out there as well, but yeah, I think I think personalized pitch is good. And that concludes
0: my questions for you, Jackie. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I am really excited for this chat to go live and as always it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you. It's
1: been a pleasure to chat to you as well, and I appreciate your patience and your interest. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for listening to The Press Office with Kate and Co. PR. Please subscribe, rate and review via your favourite podcast app and please give us a follow, like and share on Instagram at katecopia.